Would you embrace truth if it meant losing everything? Hi, and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. Each week, we're going to tackle tough issues, we're going to answer your hard questions, and we're going to take a candid look at the Christian faith. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef, and this week, we're continuing our compelling conversation with Ash, a former Muslim and a member of Leading the Way's field team. If you missed last week, you will want to listen to the first part of Ash's story before you listen to this one. But before we jump in, head over to ltw.org candid and get this week's free resource. It's called Insights into Islam. It's a practical resource that will help you understand Islam and share Christ with your Muslim friends. Again, visit ltw.org candid, say hello, and make sure you get your free download. Now back to our conversation with Ash. When we wrapped up last week, Ash was sharing how he came to Christ. He cried out to God, and the Lord responded in such a personal way, disarming Ash. Let's return to that moment in Ash's room to hear the rest of the story. I knelt down, just repeating two things. There is God, and He's Jesus Christ. I didn't know how... That would look like I didn't know what kind of cost that would be costly for my life with mm-hmm. my family. I just know one thing that evening that in my heart I'm so deep sure God does exist and He is Jesus. Mm. And that's when I say that uh, that the night I accepted yeah. the Lord in my heart. And so what does life look like after that? I mean, it's not, it's not all fuzzy and, uh, uh, you know, sweet dreams and things. It's, uh, you have a lot of heartache coming your way. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not that choice that you hear about every day. You know? I mean, we hear about it every day. Right. But it's not the choice that I dreamed of one day I will wake up and uh, hmm, I'm thinking I'm going to be Christian. Uh, but I think it took a while till I connected with the people in the station in my uh, city and when there they start um, we start a discipleship program and I got to know how my life would look with Christ my family found the discipleship material sure yeah, yeah in my school items then after that, a uh, whole fight broke. It's not a fight. It's basically uh, questioning. And uh, I got, the, you know, that typical reaction of my family tried to beat me because of, like, what they found in, in my in your material. material. So this is this is sort of back to what we talked about. It was sort of the honor and shame yes. in the culture. And... Instead of, you know, these massive expectations have been mm. placed on you, and and they're expecting reaping rewards of honor. Mm-hmm. That uh, you know, Ash is this great leader of the family, and he's been trained well. And instead, they're sort of they feel like they're just getting shame. Yeah, that you've, uh, you've abandoned everything. They that, face that. Yeah, they face they face that on finding about it, which is harder than if I come to talk to them. Of course, uh, I find it interesting. You put honor and shame 
and my culture it's called it goes shame, shame and honor <laughs> okay. so they put shame in the first not because they like it yeah. but because that's what you avoid yeah you know yeah okay um, and so because of that fear of shame and honor i end up running that evening out of the house and then my dad start searching where I would be. I mean, I was 18 back then. Right. Um, not even 18 yet. And so he called my uncle and asked him if I came to his place. Uh, it was like uh, six months uh, between the night I accepted Christ and when all this mess happened. Mm. And so I went back by the help of my mentor back then. It's like I went back to that same night to my family home, and uh, I don't think the question was if I follow Christ, are you became a Christian? And the idea of became a Christian even is not in my mind. In my mind, I became a follower of Christ. Mm. So in the terms of how you define the Christian, that's still the critical thing in my mind. If the meaning of the Christian into your mind I'm not a Christian (laughs) (laughs) because the image that you build about Christian. Right, right. So I found that evening, that's the the idea where the Holy Spirit comforted me with. Hmm. Yeah, I told him, no, I'm not Christian. But at the same time, I did not denounce Christ. Right. Uh, Which, thank God, they did not ask. His definition of Christian. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Based on their definition of the word. And so I went back into the family under uh, stricted rules now of where I go and, and who I see and all different things that was strange to me. That situation stayed for like three years. Hmm. By then, I graduated and I uh, got my degree in, in law and I started practice as a lawyer. Hmm. And... One major change happened during while I'm in the law school is my passion, um, sudden passion, of understanding the Word of God. Because as I'm going through the school, as my family put more restriction around where I'm going and who's my friends and all that, God still opened a way to me to have um, being in actually the school where I started, being in a different city, that make it even better to me and to the people who were mentoring me. Right. Uh, to a find somebody yeah. Yeah, yeah. That in a city that my family has really no presence. Mm-hmm. So you've moved to a different city from the one you've grown up in, even though there's restrictions from your family on... Uh, where you go, who you meet, that sort of thing. There's actually some freedom in being able to meet with disciplers and and, yeah. and people. Are you getting connected with local churches at this point or still sort of more one-to-one relational? Well, the same. My mentor in, 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 in uh, my family city connected me with his local church in right. another city. That was uh, – and actually there's a group of uh, crew active around – uh, Camps Crusade sure. uh, active around that city in specific and so they would come and visit me in the campus and we would sit in the parking lot and pray and 
uh, read from the Bible. I, I will come back with my question. So if I have anything. What were some of your questions in those days? My questions actually about the Old Testament more than the New Testament. Sure, sure. Because the Old Testament, the stories, the build up of the stories, it's mostly I'm familiar with them because they are in, in the Quran. Sure. Keep in mind that I didn't leave Islam because I felt oh it's a religion of hate or right. or terrorists yeah. or any of that. <laughs> right. I left Islam because I didn't find way to God through right. it. Right. And so the issues like jihad or uh, Muhammad's life. So Muhammad's life himself was more problematic to me, more than the looking jihad and tourism and killing. All that was a sidekick kind of. Right. Beside the main problems that I'm facing here. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Because I can say that I was an educated Muslim. Right. Um, and so when I start reading the Old Testament and going deep in the Old Testament, I start finding similarities. So God is allowing, in, I mean, from Exodus all the way to the end of Old Testament, there is wars, holy wars, right? killing. Yep. Stories sometimes have conflict. I don't want my experience with God happened again as it happened with me for the first time. Right. Because I didn't want to have to deal again with excuses. And so I mentioned to my mentor that uh, that's what I feel. I feel I need to study the Word of God. And in terms of doing that, I need to study theology. The conflict also that in my country, I can't go to a seminary because I don't come from a Christian background. So the only place was is to go to a place like um, either Europe or the States, and the closest place is Lebanon. And I felt more passionate about Lebanon uh, because of the language and the culture, and my mentor actually was graduated from school in Lebanon, and I just felt I want to be at that school. And so it took four years. Four years, I finished my school. I got my license to practice law and, and started a small firm with a bunch of my friends and colleagues. And um, life is turning good. In Lebanon or in? In my home country. So at that point, you had decided not to go to study theology. I did not get an answer. Okay. And so I moved just on with moved life. on in yeah. life and... Um, as I said, it took four years when my okay. the same mentor came with an application from the same seminary where we were praying to go to and right. study. And he's like, you know, I've been with the president of the seminary and I told him about we've been praying for a long time for you. And he said, yeah, here's an application. Let him fill it and we'll see what God is going to bring. And... So he told me 90%, I'm sure it will be accepted. And we have a meeting after two days, so 
just will fill the application and I will take it with me. So our meeting came in two days and he asked me after we finished business talk, talking, he asked me about the application. I told him, oh, I don't know. It's probably in my desk. And he's like, did you fill it? And I'm like, um, no, actually, you know, I'm thinking about it now. It's been a long time when God answered these prayers and I'm now moved on. I'm feeling like I'm pursuing a career, uh, the career of my dreams since right. I was a kid. I had started a small firm. I'm finishing my apartment at my family house. I go to church every Sunday every communion to share in the communion and I do help with campus crusade into the like the the countryside of uh, my country where I go to uh, like villages where there is no outreach so I'm good a Christian <laughs> I'm living a good Christian life and I don't think the study now in my in my passion or I don't feel it anymore. So my friend answered me by telling me if it was feelings, feelings come and go. But if it was God's call to you, God will do his will yeah. in your life if it's in his plan. Sure enough, uh, six months after that, finally, after nine years of maneuvering my life with my family, being in a kind of rock and boat life with them, sometimes up, sometimes down. Sometimes but there's communication with my family, with your family. Yeah, and life is getting uh, easier. So they are not strict and where I go. I mean, when I started in my second year, things got really loose, and just uh, the whole conversation with them change. Right. Uh, they don't accept my faith. But they also don't. They didn't reject don't you. Ask any questions about sure. my faith. Okay. And at the same time, I'm living like I kept my faith outside the house. So whenever I'm out, I do uh, read the Bible, attend church, Bible study, uh, different volunteering, different ministries. But when I come to home, I'm home. Don't bring anything about faith. And. Earlier in, in my faith, I start bringing questions, like the hard questions that no Muslim like to face, right. and bring them to purpose of winning a debate with them. And I would win the debate, but I would be beat up after <laughs> after that. Physically so beat. I brought, yeah, physically and uh, mentally. Yeah, and yeah. I would feel like, oh, I'm persecuted again because of... Uh, they are just can't get it. Right. Because I thought of bringing all these things about Islam or about Muhammad would open their mind to God. So I came to a point of understanding that and put that aside. Mm. Nine years I lived my faith without putting it or f um, face the question if I worship Christ or not. And suddenly, from nowhere, a conversation in the family got heated. I got involved. My brother started accusing me that I'm not saying the truth and I'm actually, I actually don't care about God. And I 
would worship Jesus and uh, would I'd have no authority to judge him or to talk to him as a person of authority because he is minimum Muslim, but I'm some You're something nothing. that's nothing <laughs> yeah. to them. And I don't know if it was a moment of out of control. I just told my family, if you've been curious about what I am, I'm a Christian. And I worship Jesus Christ, and I am following him. And as much as you hate to hear that, I'm going to scream it. I'm going to yell it. I'm going to tell you that I worship Jesus, and I'm a Christian. And the whole change that you're seeing in my life, and you like it, but you don't like to know the source of it, Jesus is the source of all change to good happened in my life. So things went really bad. My brother, my dad, uh, just tried to get hand me as like I ran out of the house, went to a friend of mine. Uh, they followed like even to different friends. They came to this friend and they're like, well, we're looking for Ash and he's like, he's not here. And like, well, you have if, if you know where he is, you have to tell us. As soon as they left, my friend told me, I can't, I can't keep you here. Hmm. It's going to be dangerous for you, for me, for my family and your yeah. family. Yeah. And so I left him and went looking for one of my mentors. And during the years, two of my brothers knew about my faith. And they didn't, I think till now, they, they think my faith is a personal choice. Sure. And um, and so one of my brothers uh, called me and said, if you have any way to get out of the country, just get right now. Because I think my dad is looking to take it to the court. And wow. as a, God had <laughs> have his way, uh, so my parents, actually, my dad didn't allow me to have a passport even. Wow. And it, through his communication, connection, and the government, he would know if I applied any right any application to get a passport. But when I went to register in the the attorney's bar, they required a passport. <laughs> so so you had to have one. He have it for me. Hmm. So I have it on me in my office. So I went back, took it, and that's how I ended up going to Lebanon. But in my mind, it was uh, something not going to be that I'm going to be leaving the country. I thought it's going to be like one week, 10 days maximum. It happened before. And so after the first two weeks, now I start running out of resource. <laughs> my money is getting short. My connection with my family is not no one there to answer my phones or my calls. I was sitting in my room in the seminary thinking as now I'm a refugee here and crying, complaining, God is ruining my life again, I'm losing my work, losing my job, losing my uh, family, even my country. And suddenly it came as, uh, you know, slap in the face and look, look above, raise your eyes, look where are you hiding? came to my mind, I am hiding in the same place where I refused to get the application 
and where I refused when I got the chance to study. And so I ended up, I came to a moment of gotcha. And and so the next morning I went to the academic dean, asked for an application, told him the story, mm-hmm. applied, and within a week I was accepted. So that's how I ended up in LD. Wow. Yeah. Now it took a while after that, probably. The funny thing is I was accepted in the seminary. Three days after that I had the first break on to talking with my family. Hmm. It's like God kept all that communication with my family under control till I got it. Right. And then applied and accepted. Five months after that, I visited my country for the first time, stayed there, saw most of my family, except my dad and one of my brothers. And a couple months after that, and God opened a way to speak for the first time with my dad hmm. and ended up visiting my family and things start to get loose a little bit. Right. Yeah. Some questions that I've been sort of asking or, or thinking that, um, you know, uh, people who might be listening to this would be possibly thinking is, um, you know, what about the person who is maybe in that situation um, of great trial like you were and they're asking, you know, where are you, God? And you're asking the question, are you real? Are you there? Where are you? Um, what response would you give to that person who is asking those those deep questions? And I know they are they're obviously personal to each mm. and every you know uh, individual and yeah. their situation. But but just in a way that sort of from your own experience, what's what what would you say? I think in my experience, God has always worked through the surrounding conditions, surrounding people. people. I mean, in an amazing way and in a way that sometimes I didn't understand and sometimes even when I understand I still feel dumb about how he do things. I think it's always when we yell, where are you? It's mostly because we are facing great danger. Probably not danger as to our life or to being in a critical way, but sometimes even when we feel things got out of our hands or out of our control. And I think that's when we start thinking, where are you? And sometimes we don't see the little things that God has done. For example, when I talked about uh, leaving my country and going to Lebanon to hide for my safety and security, that's all my focus. Never thought about I'm going to be going to Lebanon to study. Even though I prayed years, not just myself, but with a lot of people. We prayed, I fasted for that. I paid him to answer that and make a way for that to happen. It took four years, probably five years. And even the time when I got the application, I rejected it. But then the things that I thought, these are my security and these are my safety. This is what I am hoping for. A good connection, good relationship with my family. Fair, let me say, not good. A place in the church, place in the ministry, 
a good home and a good career to build on. This is all what I want. Right. What can go wrong? But suddenly, the family that I loved, they become my enemies. The work and career all disappear because I can't get to them. The country that I love could be turning against me because of my choice of faith. And I'm still hiding as literally as refugee in Lebanon. And so God answered my prayer, but not in my way, in his way. Right. And the moment when I realized all that, I was at the same time praying, and I can't call it prayer, I guess it's prayer, of complaining to God about how he's screwing everything. Right. To realize that this is where I want you. You know, as you said, every individual feels different. Depends about the cultural perspective, the faith perspective, how long, how strong your journey with God to get to understand how God works or where he is from things. In my journey back then, or in my, at that point, it all was about me. And I felt God has used all these things, even like the work that I do today in the ministry, uh, being prepared of knowing from my grandfather, knowing all about Islam, having that mm-hmm. critical thinking, questioning things in a systematic way that led me to seek a career in law, being a lawyer, all work today for what I face daily basis. God was working in the back and behind the scene to prepare everything in my character and my personality to serve him in the way how I serve him today. So I think the struggle always is to know if what we are doing is God's will or what is he want to tell us our will and what we want to have. In my graduation speak, I shared that after these many years of being with Christ, I can look and say that every stupid decision that I took in my journey, in my life, God has taken it and turned it to my benefit and to His glory. Wow. We know scripture says that God works all things together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. But it is so hard to see the good when we're in the middle of the pain. I'm not sure where you are, but I want you to know that God will not waste anything in your life. Like in Ash's life, God is working to fulfill his plans, not just for you but for the redemption of others. God prepared Ash from birth to lead so many people to Christ. Ash went through extreme suffering, some he isn't even sharing with you out of respect for his loved ones. But God has used every single bit of it. He's doing the same thing in your life. 
You may be dealing with hardships that are causing you to question your call or your commitment to Christ, but let me encourage you to persevere knowing that God has a plan for your life. Maybe you aren't even this far yet. Perhaps you have reservations about the Christian faith, and you've never given your life to Christ. Or you were raised in a Christian home, but you had questions that went ignored or or went unanswered. If you do have those questions, and if you want to find answers, we invite you to come and ask those questions here at this place. This is a place that you can trust. So please visit ltw.org slash candid so that we can have a more in-depth conversation about the questions that you have, relying on the truth of the scriptures, relying and knowing that God has a purpose for each one of us. Thank you for listening today. Candid is a podcast of Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. 